This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the inaugural season of MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Let me ball in. Ramirez, it's in! The Adrian Heath Show. It's that boy again. It's always him. Hosted by former player and now loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the final Adrian Heath show of the 2017 season presented by Heineken here on 1500 ESPN. And we welcome him back in studio after a brief hiatus last week, catching some sun out in California. He's graced us with his presence (laughs) for the final episode. Head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Welcome. Pleasure being here as always, Jamie. It's uh, it's the last one. Don't get sentimental on me tonight. (laughs) No tears. No. No time for that. No. We've got a long season. I know you'll be fighting them, but try to keep it together for the next hour as we get a chance to dive into everything that was the 2017 season and the Adrian Heath show as we caught on halfway through in the summer. And we are so grateful of Heineken and 1500 ESPN for this opportunity and Brad Lane for trusting us with the show. Manny Hill for doing a wonderful job producing it. It's been, uh, it's been a good ride, huh? Yeah, it's been really good. And I think it's, it's been, it's, it's good for the supporters. They get probably a little bit more of an insight of what we're trying to do. And, um, as ever, I, I always enjoy these type of things. I know we're in the market of growing this, uh, growing this club within the city so uh, anytime that we get the opportunity to get time to actually explain what we're trying to do and you know get closer to our supporters then I think it's uh, it's well worth doing well and I gotta before we start anywhere else I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you so much for your time because I think we've pretty much seen every possible scenario play out during this time slot in your real life as you're doing this show and giving us that hour each week we've had trades happen during the middle of it We've had close calls where you've learned how miserable Twin Cities traffic can be, where you've shown up about 30 seconds before we go on air. And then we've had some wonderful out and about uh, appearances in the community, thanks to Heineken, at some some really awesome places last time, specifically at the Nomad. That's where we saw you last. So thank it? you for your time. That was that was it's been incredible to get this insight because it's more than just a paragraph or two here and there. It's you for an hour talking. Yeah, and I think it's, as I said before, you know, we, we have to all understand that where we are and what we're trying to do. We're trying to grow the, the great sport of soccer in, in the Twin Cities. And, uh, you know, we, we know we're ambassadors for the club and we're trying to, we're fighting for airtime in, in, a, in a very competitive market with all the major sports. So really looking forward to uh, hopefully building on the show and we'll, you know, take it further and further. Yeah, I mean, do you think you've seen... What have you seen, really? I guess from your eyes, we'll start right there. What have you seen the difference from when you first got here late 2016, really set your roots down here at the beginning of the year after preseason was done, you and Mrs. Heath got your place in in March, and you became an official Minnesotan. How have you seen it grow from March until now? Uh, Incredibly on and off the field. I think from a personal point of view, you see more when you arrive and pretty much anonymous, and now... If I go to London and Barley's, there's, there's always somebody in one aisle who will say, hey, coach, bad result at the weekend, we'll keep <laughs> it going, or well done at the weekend. So you actually see it that way. From my point of view, that's where you see it growing. But obviously, off the, on the field, we've 
the, the crowds have been fantastic. The reception that we've had, me and my family in and in and away from the game have been absolutely magnificent. It's been a great place. All the good things I heard about this, the Minnesota has been proved uh, correct. You know, now we're bracing ourselves for the winter. So yeah, good luck with that. We were talking just before the show started and we're trying to explain to you what it's going to be like when the first snowfall comes and you were saying, I, I think I'm ready. Adrian, you're not ready. I was last. I think the the day we arrived last year was the coldest day. Was it minus twenty two or something? I don't know. So yeah, I'm used to it. Yeah, no. People will tell I'm you too. To it. it can get even worse than that, and and it will. So, well, I'm, I'm the one one good thing. I'm just going to have to throw this in now is that we we start all our scouting as of next week. So, so um, it really it starts off right there. Yeah. So you know, I think Ian Fuller's down in Africa. Uh, I think I'm going down to South America. Watto will be on the road as well. So it starts in earnest. You know, we, you know, we've got a lot of hard work to do in the next, uh, whatever many weeks it is now before we start back in January the 23rd. Wow. So you've sent you've sent Ian Fuller to the other side of the world in Africa. You're going down to South America, and Mark Watson will be doing his traveling as well. I mean, that's literally that's that's troops on the ground. I mean, that's looking at players. What is is that talking to players? What a bit of everything, Jamie. You know, we we realize that you know the harsh realities of the job that we're in is that some people will leave. You know, that's just what happens in sport. You know, people's contracts will be up, some will be renewed, some won't be renewed. But I think the most important thing, and we've all been aware of that, is that now we need to move forward. You know, this the, the team, the squad needs some reinforcements, and that's what the next, you know, the next 10, 12 weeks is going to be really about. Can we improve on what we've got? Wow. I mean, it's going to be an exciting time. It's going to be a busy time for you. You say off-season, but I'm pretty sure that's about as loosely termed as possible in your world. Well, it is. I'm obviously I'm going to become a grandfather for the first time uh, at the end of November. So I'm looking forward to going home December to see uh, to see my my beautiful daughter, get my first grandson. But within that trip, we'll be looking at it today. I've probably got six or seven games to go in Europe whilst I'm in England for the two or three weeks I have off. So bit of a work working men's holiday. Yeah. So 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 sweetheart. So excited you have this this baby boy, but yeah. can you please just kind of plan this in between like a Tuesday and Wednesday? Yeah. That's all I've got free other than that. Exactly. So, you know, it's one of the it's one of the parts of this job that some people don't really understand is that people think when the season starts, oh, that's them done. And we'll see you all again in March when the first game of the season. You know, we we've had a meeting today. I was at the office from half past seven this morning, just got here today. So we've already started and it's a lot of hard work, but it's it's what has to be done. Yeah, trying absolutely. to get better, trying to get bigger. And if we do it properly, we will do. Yeah, that's the voice of Adrian Heath right there explaining what the offseason is going to be like as you're tuning into the Adrian Heath Show. Your host, Jamie Watson here. Uh, quickly, let's recap this last weekend because uh-huh. there was a bit of excitement in Major League Soccer and really all eyes in Major League Soccer were on the matchup between Minnesota United and the San Jose Earthquakes. Reason being, the only playoff implications that were had in the league, league-wide, the Eastern Conference was locked up it came down to Minnesota United versus San Jose Earthquakes. It came down to uh, Real Salt Lake versus Sporting Kansas City and FC Dallas versus the LA Galaxy. However, San Jose Earthquakes had all the tiebreakers. They were in the lead for it. Yeah. They were in the driver's seat, and they had to get a win because they knew that if they didn't, and they were saying, other teams win were winning. Win. Exactly. So their yeah. playoff started. So, so we go through that game. They get an early goal. It goes 1-1. You're able to tie it up before halftime. I mean, what... What was your words to the team before the game against San Jose? Because in essence, you don't have any playoff implications in this, but you have the the role of spoiler. What do well, you say to the team before that? Well, 
regardless of what was going to happen for San Jose, that, that didn't concern me or shouldn't have concerned the team. I was more preoccupied with our performance, finishing the season off well, doing everything that we could for the other teams because I think that's important for the integrity of the league, making sure that we didn't just go there and roll over. And I don't think we did that. No. You know, and if you look at some of the scores from around the league, a lot of the teams that didn't have a lot to play for, a few of them sort of down tools and there were some strange results, some heavy score lines. So I'm just, if you if I look at where we were, we took this till the 93rd, 94th minute. You know, we were we were in there and we had two breakaways in 2-2 in two, two to try and make the 3-2 and to go and win the game, which is what I wanted. So, you know, I can't fault the players for um, for their efforts. The day pretty much summed up the season for me, especially on the road. A microcosm of everything that's what we've been this year. Really, really good at times. Really good possession at times. Too many mistakes. Cost us dearly. And, you know, we conceded goals at poor, at poor times and didn't take opportunities when we had them when they come along. So a bit of everything that sort of summed up the year for me. And, and I mean, that's a that's an honest assessment. And, and I think people appreciate that about you when it goes well or when it doesn't go well, you can still be that way. You can still be uh, unbiased about it. Now, let's try to put yourself in everyone else's shoes and in real time. How did this, how do you think this plays out um, across the league where in real time, 81st minute, Francisco Calvo gets on the end of a header and he ties it up and it gets to where it's the extra time and there were five minutes of stoppage time in the game. It's 2-2. All the other games are ending because they all kicked off simultaneously now, everybody tells me the people at Dallas were watching, listening to radio, was watching on TV because as the, if the result stays at 2-2. As it was 2-2, FC Dallas was in the playoffs because exactly. of their win in Los Angeles. So they, for the moment, had leapfrog if everything stood stood pat. And then it goes into the 93rd, 94th minute. Like you said, mm-hmm. San Jose goes on the counterattack. And, and what I think is probably one of the most intelligent plays I've seen the center forward make in a long time of Chris Wondolowski because in that moment... He gets a Bobby Shuttlewood makes a great save on yeah. Quincy Ameriquois and he puts it wide, but it doesn't go out. It's on the end line, and there was a defender. I can't remember who it was. It may have been Birchie Mo, on the Mo, line. Yeah, Mo and most forwards in that moment would look to just take the shot and try to score themselves, but he squares it across to Marco Arrhenia, who taps it in, beats Bobby Shuttleworth as he's rushing back, and they the stadium erupts. Yeah. I mean, it was this unbelievable scene. And well, I think the thing is with it, Jamie is that. At that moment, you know, it, it was like a five and a five. I don't know if you remember. There was no a, midfield. There was attack had, one end because Abu we, almost goes and scored at the other end. We have an opportunity for Abu to go down the other end. He's one on one in the penalty area. Great defensive play by the defender there to stop him. Off sli- slips over and then they just clear it and boot it down the field. And who wins the header? The guy who's the center back for San Jose is now yeah. playing center forward. Victor Bermudez. And <laughs> Bermudez. And he wins the first header. Unfortunately, Boxy falls over. So Jerry gets caught out. And it was one of them, you know, they throw in everything forward, as you expect, because yeah, you know, for them, their season's done if they don't got, score there. They've got nothing to lose. You yeah. know, they could have been 3-2, one end ends up 3-2 the other. But I think the most important thing, and looking at it now on as, as you do, you know, for me, that was a real, as I say, microcosm of the year that we at times have let ourselves down in, in our big moments. And if we're going to get better, which is the aim, then we have to cut them moments out. Well, you know what, then? I, I want to touch more on that, and I want to dive deeper into that as far as getting better as the future goes on. So stick around with us. When yeah. we come back from this break, Adrian, we're going to we're gonna recap the season a little bit, but we're also going to look towards 2018. There's still so much more to come on this final edition of the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. 
We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show here on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Adrian, as we always do, wouldn't be an episode if we didn't have this. Can you name that song coming back from break? Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry, you're halfway there? Chuck Berry. Nope. (laughs) If you just would have sung it, you would have got it. I know. No particular place to go. Manny Hill, is that good enough? Yeah, we'll give it he to him. He was going to sing we'll it, and then he, I think he was scared to sing in front of me and with a live <laughs> microphone and a hot mic. Maybe yeah. that's what we should get Adrian to do by the end of this show is sing a... Maybe maybe we come back from the final sing break a and get a little sing a hook to a song. I've, yeah. I've been I've known Adrian enough and I and I've seen Adrian <laughs> have a little karaoke now and then. Manny Hill, it's a it's a treat. It's I don't I don't know yeah. if the Twin Cities is ready. They may be I don't calling be for ready him. for that. And I don't know if anybody else would remember it because I'm not old. They wouldn't remember <laughs> what the song was. That's uh that's good stuff. Well, if you're just joining us, that's been a fun little bit all season, and we appreciate you listening all season. Adrian is a, a wealth of. Soccer knowledge, but also musical knowledge. So we always like to test him. And much to our chagrin, he always seems to come up with the song and the artist and then a funny story with him. We are not, we don't have enough time to go through all your Chuck Berry stories here, but yeah. uh, I'm sure there's probably one or two good ones. But <laughs> where we left off, Adrian, we, yeah. we talked about the final game of the season, but now we really want to kind of dive into what the entire season was for Minnesota United, your first year in the Twin Cities. Um I mean, just getting right into it, if we just if we go right into the record on the season, 10 wins, 18 losses, 6 draws, 36 points. That was good enough for ninth in the West. One stat that really stood out to me, and I think this is important of note because I think this is a barometer for where teams are and expansion teams. Yeah. We'll say since the since 2005 era, when I when I came into the league, because that was when there was the Real Salt Lake and Chivas USA expansion that what year. What was your record? Just for just as a matter of interest. Do we? Ha- I mean, do we have no, to do, say you, that? I'm just saying. What was your record? Your first year. Okay, so so my team, Real Salt Lake, at the time we went. How many wins? Just let's go. We had it. five wins on the year. Mm. We had 22 losses and we had five ties. Okay. So since that year, we'll go through in order teams that have the most wins for expansion teams. Atlanta this season has yeah. run out with 15, um, but they also have um, two or three of the best players this league's ever seen. Yeah. Um, spent 30 million on them. So just that, you. just a, just an easy 30 million. Uh, the team that you led mm-hmm. into the expansion team in 2015, Orlando City, had 12 wins. Yeah. So just two more. So that's the second best ever. Yeah. They were at 12 wins, tied with Seattle. Yeah. And then also. The Portland Timbers had 11 wins, their expansion team. So Minnesota United comes in at 10 wins a season. So now looking back at this holistically and you see the 10 win, the double-digit win marker, how do you feel about the season and how do you feel looking back on it all now? You had a little bit of time to reflect on it. Uh, Difficult start. You know, as I said, I I didn't see the start coming. Um, The goals we conceded and it looked a long way from 10 wins at that particular moment <laughs> after about three or four games and we conceded 18 goals, I think. Um, big improvement through the year. I thought we, you know, we brought one or two people in, the likes of Virchie and Sam Cronins and the people throughout the year that we thought were, were big pickups for us, you know, Boxy later in the year. And I thought that the, the, the finish was up and down. You know, some really good 
performances, a couple of really good performances at home against likes of Dallas 4-1. And then we've had games where I just don't think we've done ourselves justice. I look at Red Bulls at home where we got beat 4-0, had chances, but give up poor goals. But if I look at the whole body of work, you know, I, we, we've got to be satisfied for what we've done. Now, you know me better than most because you've worked with me for a long period of time. I'm, I'm forever wanting to win every game I play and to get better. We have got better, but we've still got an awful long way to go. But when I look at where we were to, to come up with 10 wins, get to 36 points, you know, when Grant Wall, before the season, before the ball was kicked, said that we would be the worst expansion team in history. I'm glad we've been able to stick it to him. And, um, you know, but we've got an awful long way to go, Jamie, you know. And, you know, as I said, I get paid to make decisions in this off-season now that sometimes aren't popular. But we have to do them for the benefit of the club and to get better. And that's what we're going to try and do. You know, when I when I think that we finished above LA Galaxy with arguably the biggest budget, DC United, we all know how successful they've been. And then you've got Colorado, who were top of the West last year. So it, I think it shows that it can change around very quickly. But I think also that the fact that we finished above them three teams, we must... Uh, you thank the players a little bit for their efforts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a, a fair and honest approach on it. I think that knowing you, like you said, I know that realistically you probably wanted to win an MLS Cup just like any other established team with a core group of players that, that had time to really form a good, uh, i.e. Toronto. I mean, a yeah. team like that that's had, they've just, had their struggles. Just to throw this one in, Toronto took eight years to make the playoffs and have had three DPs every year since they've been in the league. I mean, that's remarkable. Yeah, it took that them eight is... years. So when people think, oh, well, why aren't they making the playoffs? Well, I mean, guess what? It's not that easy. No, this league is this league is vastly different. And that's why I think that, that marker of that 05, because I think that's when the second era of MLS really shifted over. That's when the league took on a whole new um, scale of, of difficulty. And it's gotten better and better since then. And it's it's now it's... It's incredibly difficult. And to, and to that end, none of these teams are standing still this offseason. No. You know, of course. Does anybody think that the Galaxy are going to be bottom of the league next year? Well, they've already made a move today, letting go of uh, Peter Venegas. Yeah, Venegas have their GM role. But the, the difference is that they've got LAFC coming in next year, who we all know are going to spend the same as Atlanta did last yeah. year. So there's there's two in our division that already now are making moves for next year. Montreal already let go of their coaching yeah. staff. So, you know, th this league now is not like it was 10 years ago. The, all them teams that we've been in and around are spending now to try and get better next year. So that's how important this offseason for us is. Okay, good. Well, now let's roll right into it then. Let's let's talk about the offseason. Kind of a timeline for the offseason. You touched on a little bit last yep. segment. If you're just joining us, the Adrian Heath Show He's Adrian Heath. I'm Jamie Watson. The show is presented by Heineken, which is delicious. Let's talk about your timeline of what your offseason looks like. You are going to be scouting. When do you kind of expect the, the bulk of player signings to happen? Do you think that happens one or two here and there? Is there going to be a spell maybe after the first of the year when the transfer window opens well, if again? We, if we move forward from here, the next eight or nine days, the players will still be in town. They've got to have exit physicals, exit meetings, you know, and to be clear, the rosters are frozen at this point, so yeah. there's no, no, there's so, no actual like transactions you, happening. No, you can put things in the wheels in motion, but none of that will be officially announced. Sure. Until so no, no real, no real no. announcements. So we, we will obviously we've got to decide who we're going to keep and who we're going to let go. Okay. 
So from there, then we, we once we've done that, then we see where we are on the roster. Where do we feel as though we need to get better? Which positions do we need more depth? Which positions do we think we need to go and fulfill fill in now in the first team? Plus, you know, so you've got the depth of the squad and what are we going to do to make the first team better? They are all the decisions we have to make in the next few weeks. That determines then the type of player that we're looking for moving forward when we go scouting. As I said, Ian's going down to Africa. I'm going down to South America. Watto will be on the road. Manny will probably be on the road. Amos will be on the road. Over the next eight to nine days, we will probably have a lot clearer picture of where we are and what we need. Okay. And and one thing I will say quickly to the point of you saying making the decisions, that I can imagine being one of the worst parts of your job and I've mm-hmm. actually been in that room having that difficult conversation with you can I say the one thing I think I always respected about you from the guy who fired me was at least you looked me in the face man to man and said hey here's this situation I know it's not what you want to hear let's try to find something for you that yeah. I think is a good situation which was here yeah and thank my lucky stars because I've got my wife and two boys up here that are born in Minnesota and I and, and I so love it to your death. Next it's, stage of your career and it's not what I wanted but I did always respect that about you and I think that's the worst part of your job well, you remember telling me that but at least well, it you is, especially, did it man to man and and that's the way you, you go about it you know I, I never wanted I'd behind the fact that you could maybe say to a GM do you want to handle this one no I'm the guy who works with the players every day I'm the guy who's had a relationship with them every day and gone through every training session I think I'm the guy who has to sit there and go these are the reasons why but I always do that right? if there's anything I can do to any of the player that's worked for me I will do anything I can to get them fixed up at another club or if anybody wants to call me and find out what the guy's like that's not a problem for me, but we will try and help everybody who's with us this year. Yeah, well, I tons of respect for that. I mean, there's not many bosses I like in my life that have fired me. Somehow you managed to be one of them. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> but anyways, and it's all led me to this road, so it, uh, I don't know, successful? I don't know. Yeah, you maybe, you've, maybe well, some you've people started in your career. <laughs> no. And it's not easy. You're starting in, but you've had a great start. That's... No, enough, enough, enough. Come on, this is the all Adrian right, Heath show. The it's not the, yeah, yeah, hey. <laughs> Careful, we're, we're still a family show. Hey, So here's what I want to do. I, I want to kind of give us a little something to look forward to as we start, you know, the idea of when the preseason will kick off next year yep. and maybe some ideas of, of what the team has in store for that. But I want to do that when we come back from break because okay. this is, we want to put a little bow on, on the recap, give us a little something to look forward to. We've got to finish talking about the Premier League predictions that we had, the final week that we made our guesses on we got to look at the mls cup playoffs we got a bracket we're going to get your predictions there is still so much more to come on this final edition of the adrian heath show presented by heineken right here on 1500 espn this is the adrian heath show presented by heineken on 1500 espn welcome back to the adrian heath show final half hour of the 2017 season for us here at the 1500 ESPN studios. Adrian, you know this tune? Desire, you too, eh? You nailed it. Oh yeah. my goodness. Two well, for two. Hey, by the way, it caused me a few troubles this year, the U2 stuff, which is unusual. It's not like you. No, I know, but th- that one straight away. Well, we snuck that away. one in there. You've done well. It should have just gone Bruno Mars across the board because you're terrible with him, yep. as we've seen. All right. Where we left off, Adrian, we, we put a nice little bow on the season. Uh, we started to look forward to the 2018 season. And I wanted to talk to you about getting back into the swing of things where the players uh-huh. will be involved. Um, when did the players have to report back? Uh, what does the preseason look like? Things along those lines. Well, as I said, they'll probably be in town for the next uh, eight, nine days. And uh, they'll have a little bit of work to do before they leave. And um, 
obviously they'll have their off-season programme. You know, obviously, I think it's really important that some of them have maybe three to four weeks. It's strange because people don't realise that, like, Francisco Calvo's got international games coming up and he's played continuously through every off-season for three years. He needs a rest. So hopefully he'll get a rest. And then we're back in in the... Tw- and pre-season will start on January the 23rd. So we'll be able to train indoors. Brand new facility. Thank you to Mr. Maguire and all the guys for building us a brand new surface up at the NSC. It uh, is NSC. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it allows gorgeous. you to actually have a bit of a preseason here well, instead of having to go away. Indoors we, I think we can guarantee the weather's going to be pretty cold in January, yeah. don't you? Those two new outdoor fields that you guys are, the whole, yeah. how many outdoor fields are going in at the NSC? Well, we've got two brand new ones for us, and then there's two more field turfs going in up there. So Yeah, but it'll be a well, little bit chilly everything. to go outside and play yeah. on those and, for a while. I think it's important as well to mention that, you know, when people talk about investing in the club or in the team, we've invested so much money in this club the last few years, you know, and when I look at how much they've paid for the franchise and how much they're spending on the stadium, we've done the complete revamp of the training facility, new fields going in, indoor and outdoor. So, you know, thank Thankfully for the ownership group and Bill, they've done an incredible job with that. So we'll be able to work here. Then we go down to Florida for two weeks, get in some sun, know where we can train every day. And then we come back to Minnesota again for five or six days. And then we go to finish off the preseason down in Charleston. We'll have three games down there against Charleston, um, Columbus and uh, Atlanta. So that will good be a tournament. Our, yeah, it'll be good. And um for us, that's a really important period, obviously, to integrate the players. I think last year we had to try and integrate 26. Yeah. Hopefully this year, maybe six or seven, and uh, we'll go from there. So it's certainly going to be, it'll be a little bit easier from that side of the of, of things. Certainly. And, and just kind of, uh, I guess, one last question I think that a lot of people might have on their minds um, going forward is, is as you look to start to do that, and, and we're talking about player movement in and out, inevitable, inevitable, it's a part of the process and everything to get where you want to be and and, and along that journey, um, where do you see kind of one of the biggest needs being for the team that you really want to address this offseason? Depth. We need more depth. I think that's one of the things. Across that, the board? Yes, I think so. Uh, certain certain positions are a little bit more sparse, shall we say. And obviously when we've gone through the released um, list and people who've been unfortunately let go, that will then determine where we go and... and um, and really strengthen. But there is two or three areas that I think we a little bit light and a little bit short. And um, we, But we're pretty much aware of that. But, you know, as I say, the five or six players we bring in this year, six or seven, whatever, whatever number it is, you know, they need to contribute all next year. Because if there's one area that we've been, you know, not doing well with some of the early signings last year, haven't really worked out for whatever reason. And that's what happens in football. But we need to make sure that next year that the people we bring in actually contribute a lot more. And let's let's quickly talk about the fans and and man, it's been incredible. And by the way, just a, a suggestion: go to mnufc.com or call seven six three four soccer and get your tickets right now for season tickets for two thousand eighteen. And and partly because it's going to be an amazing two thousand eighteen season, but also partly because. You need to get your seat in line for the 2019 season when Allianz Field is complete and we're playing there because it's a it's a priority list of who's been a season ticket holder long enough and that's where you get your tickets to see that beautiful brand new stadium. We've all been through this because people I I know people who go probably won't get a season ticket next year. I'll probably wait till we move into the new stadium. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure there's going to be any seats left if you leave it that long. You know, you look at the the crowds that we got last year in TCF Bank. That would be twenty two thousand plus, and the stadium's only going to be nineteen and a half thousand. So, so know, I'm not great at math, but it looks yeah, like there'll look, be a couple it, it thousand. Could be 
to that may have yeah. to get turned away. So that's what I'm saying. I think that if you if you've enjoyed it, like obviously so many have, because the stadium's been full the last five or six games at home. You know, don't mess about. Go and get your season ticket and make sure that you're going to get your seat in what's going to be one of the best stadiums in the country. Yeah, I, I absolutely can't wait. So, all right, well, I, I think you did an amazing job kind of recapping and giving us something to look forward to. Uh, I want to kind of recap something else that we've done all year long, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because it hasn't gone particularly well. And I think the biggest oddity of this all is how consistent you did all year when we talked about the English Premier League, Barclays Premier League results. Oh, yeah, when we were getting to this. Last time we made predictions, it it was this reoccurring theme. Through the six weeks that we did it, Adrian Heath, you went three and two every single week without fail, guessing whether it's a win, loss, or draw. We'll fly through it real quickly. You I went three been and two. Money on that, you I? absolutely should have been because you went three and two. I went two and three this year, and I will begrudgingly. So and did, did it end up? You know what? You know what's coming. You know I'm about to say that. Okay. You're just now. You're just you're just rubbing it in. Okay. Be well, a good winner. Well, then what was it? You won fair and square as the Englishman talking about his own league should. Uh, and I'm not sure the American could talk about the American League because I think you know more about this league than me too, but maybe we'll find an, an oddball league that I would know about more than you. It's uh, Humbly, you won. I was 11-19 and 19 on the year, uh, and you were 18-12 and 12 yeah. predicting the, the correct outcome. So congratulations, you, you won a good handshake here. So there it is. Congratulations. Yeah. You said that very begrudgingly. I, I yeah, felt. I'm not happy about it. But you know what I think I have a shot at redemption at? Go on then. Doing some predictions for the MLS Cup. Oh, okay. We have a bracket here. Okay. You want to run through it with me and yep. try to figure out the uh, the results and see Let's who go. you're going to crown MLS Cup champion, and, and maybe we'll just see if this is my shot at redemption. Yeah, let's go. All right, let's go through it first. So we'll start in the Eastern Conference. The first matchups we have, the New York Red Bulls will play the Chicago Fire. In Chicago. In Chicago. It's going to be tight, but I'm going to the Red Bulls. Red Bulls? Yeah. I'll take the Fire. Okay, then. You've missed one there. It's already 1-0 me. Columbus Crew versus Atlanta United. Atlanta at home, formidable opposition. Only team that won there this year, by the way. Hey, no uh, big deal. 3-2 win I still it. think it's going to be Atlanta will have too much for Columbus. Yeah, too much for Columbus. Not enough for us there. Uh, going to the Western Conference, Vancouver Whitecaps versus the San Jose Earthquakes, who snuck in on the last day. Yeah, and sometimes, you know what happens when you do that, the euphoria of doing it and you're under no pressure. I think it was Portland Timbers two years ago did it. Yeah. You know, a little got, run, you just sneak in. Got and, in on the last day and yep. then eventually went and win it. Although I'm saying all that, I'm going to go for the Whitecaps at home. <laughs> it's a wonderful story, but it ends yeah, this it ends, week. It ends on Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday, it'll, I think it'll be the uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps as well. I don't see a, a, an upset happening there. We head to Houston, Texas, where Sporting Kansas City mm-hmm. will play the Houston Dynamo. And this is fun, interesting because it's at Houston, yeah, not and, Sporting. I know. And, I, and as much as you know what I'm like with Peter, I've got a, a love Peter's team, the way they play and the way they get after it. But... Dynamo are really good at home. They really are. And I'm going to go home win because I, I just think with the crowd and the, the fact that their front players, Kyoto and Albert Elise and Monata scored again at the weekend, Dynamo. All right, I'm going to go KC. I think they I think they sneak a win out there. Okay, okay so then that would put the, uh, you have New York City versus either the Fire or Red Bull. So we'll go through, since we have a little different pick there, we'll go through uh, New York versus the Red Bulls. We'll go your, your prediction. Um, Red Bulls again. Red Bulls making it through to the Eastern Conference final. Okay, so you'd have you'd have Toronto versus Atlanta. What a matchup that would be in the semifinal. Oh Let me see. In Toronto. In Toronto. No, that'll be home and away, won't it? Home and away. You're right. Yeah, because that'll and, be the, the second. Yeah, yeah, the second be leg in, in Toronto. TFC at home. Okay, 
All right, I want to hear you run this out because I, I I would think that that's okay. That's, so, the, so you got TFC going to the final against uh, the New York Red Bulls. In the other bracket, you had Seattle versus Vancouver, uh, Cascadia like matchup, double uh, home, home and away. away. Seattle second, no Vancouver maybe second game. Sounders, Sounders, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, Sounders uh, beating Vancouver. Then you've got Portland versus the Dynamo. Yeah, Portland Timbers. Okay, so you got. Um, you got New York FC or New or sorry New York Red Bulls. You've got mm. New York being red, not blue, versus Toronto. Who do you have winning that one? TFC. TFC in the final, and then the other side you had um, Portland. Portland versus Ooh, Seattle. Seattle, that's right. I'm not going to say it's, if I can't, if I say Seattle, that's a rematch of last year's. It final. would be. Could it be? No, Timbers. Timbers. Yeah. We have a Timbers-Toronto final. Does Toronto make amends in the 2017 season and win this time in the MLS Cup final? Adrian Heath. Yes. Yes, they do. They've been the it, best team all year. been the best team all year. and it, Sometimes it doesn't happen, but you see the little fella again at the weekend. Giovinco comes up with the most ridiculous free kick, top, top corner. If they get through again, they will not lose at home. Yeah. Because uh, they, they'll be at home because they've got the supporter shield. Incredible atmosphere last year. Although... You know, they're going to be good, but it, I just feel as though that the TFC will have enough this year. We have a soft spot for little people, don't we? Both of us being five foot eight and a half. So, but we've got a spot, soft spot for you, the listeners. We've got one more segment, and it's going to be a very good one. It's going to be a little ode to our favorite part of the year. It's going to be a wonderful montage we're going to put together. We're going to put a final stamp on Cal's call. We're going to find yeah. out a winner of who had the best call or what, which game and which goal was the best call that Callum Williams had all season. So stick around. You're not going to want to miss that. The final segment of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN returns right after this. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Heineken. Well, here we go. The final segment of the Adrian Heath Show this year on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Adrian, I've thrown you a little curveball here. The last one. Do you know where we're at it's with this be one? Prince, isn't it? You sentimentally, you thought it was going to be that. I'm one step ahead of you. It's not him. Can you tell? I'll yeah. give you a hint. She's not invited to the Super Bowl this year. With oh, Janet Jackson. There we go. Yeah. Justin Timberlake performing halftime at the Super Bowl this year. Do you know the song? No. A little bit of an escapade. Is that where it is? There we go. Escapade. To end it off, look, a little bit of road. We're excited. Justin Timberlake. I'm a massive fan. I couldn't just put Justin Timberlake because you would have had no shot. Gave you the old school Janet Jackson. I think I might have got Timberlake. You think so? Mm, not Janet Jackson, man. Timberlake's the man. I'm yeah. so excited about that. I'm more excited. But Unless the Vikings are in the in the Super Bowl. I'm more excited about Justin Timberlake at halftime here. Okay. You going to invite me as your plus one to the game? I'm sure you'd probably get a couple of tickets being the man around town. I'll be scouting, you know that, or working. Won't have time for that. Fine, whatever. I'll just watch it at home. Anyways, all right, here we go. Adrian, the last segment. This has been uh, this has been pretty amazing. This has been uh, one of the coolest segments that we've done all year. And and look, you can go see all of these these calls if you want to relive all of them. You can go on the YouTube page, uh, Minnesota United FC. Keep in touch with with the team throughout the off season and and with myself via Instagram and and Twitter and Facebook. The team as well, Twitter and Instagram at MNUFC. The website MNUFC.com. And there's actually a pretty cool thing still going on on MNUFC. It's the shirt off the back 
promotion that, that the players were having, the actual jerseys from the last game, the likes of Calvo and Boxel, Nicholson, Ibarra, Molino, those guys, um, as well as the, the walkout captain um, pennant that they have before games signed by the team. All the proceeds go to benefit the Tony Sana Foundation, who's doing remarkable work around town. So those guys... Uh, yeah, get yourself on there and uh, get bidding. Is bid, he bidding? Yeah, bid big, man. The auction's yeah. still going for that. You're going to want those because those are some, some big ones. But what we need to do quickly... Yeah, let's go. We have the top three... Cal's calls from this season. And what I want to do is I want to get your your first, second, and third place winner here. We're going to start off with the first one. You gave it, at the time, an eight. It was Christian Ramirez versus Orlando. Here's Cal's call. Flick over the head here. Ramirez is onside. Ramirez! It's Ramirez! Minnesota's goal! Inchi's goal. Christian Ramirez and his flirtation with brilliance goes on. All right, there was the one against Orlando. Next, it's Abu Dunladi scoring against Montreal. Game winner late on. This was Cal's call versus Montreal. Dunladi. For half a yard, which he gets here. It's Dunladi. Oh, my word. Wow. It's a stupendous strike! Abu Dunladi! Glowing and growing in front of your very eyes! He's won it! Love that call. You gave that one an eight and a half. And finally, you gave an eight and a half to Kevin Molino's goal away at Atlanta in the 95th minute, I believe, 94th minute to win it 3-2. Here's Cal's call. Here come Minnesota United again. Jerome Tisson. Molino! It's now! It's now for Minnesota United! The most head-turning, jaw-dropping, tail-twisting moment of the season so far for Minnesota United! Don't you dare! Don't you dare write them off! 3-2! There they are. The top three you gave all season... Surprisingly, it's that boy again. It's yeah. always him. That didn't make it. That oh. wasn't your top three. So Just, I'm disappointed that didn't make it. But, now, you're disappointing but. yourself for the scoring on that one, Adrian Heath. Now, we need to know. Give us your top three from the season. Third um, place. Bronze medal. Bronze medal. Christian Ramirez. Christian Ramirez goal against Orlando City. Yeah. All right. Silver. Runner-up. Silver medal. Abu. Abu Nunlaudi at Montreal. Montreal, the game winner that gets a wow out of Cal, goes second place. And your winner this year, the best call from Callum Williams was? Well, I thought it was an incredible moment for us all in in the stadium. And obviously, gold medal for the Kevin Molino goal in Atlanta. Don't you dare. Yeah. Don't you dare dare write them them off. What a call. Callum Williams, my thanks to you for lending your voice for the fourth segment of every show here. We had a great time doing that. Adrian. 60 seconds left. What do you have to say to the supporters and, well, and to your favorite host? It's been it's been a, a fantastic first year. I'd like to thank everybody who's been involved with the club this year. It's been incredible to be a part of another inaugural season for a football club. Our crowds have been unbelievable on and off the field. To you and Manny, thank you for making it so easy for me just to come in here and waffle on. So uh, 
Hey, we'll see you all soon, huh? Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a great 2018. My big thanks to you, Adrian Heath, for your time. Pleasure. Manny Hill, you in the booth. You made this show happen. Brad Lane giving us the platform to do this. 1500 ESPN, Heineken, and Minnesota United. And most importantly to you, the listener, we appreciate you, and we cannot wait to see you in the 2018 season. For Adrian Heath, I'm Jamie Watson. This was the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the Sportswire.